Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Thirty-five and a beautiful Monday afternoon. We're here thanks to Balfour's, no matter your club's colours. Balfour's are for the game and we're live from Studio Lumo SA. We'll be talking cricket in about 10, 15 minutes and then AFLW after five with Neve Kelly from the Adelaide Crows. Here's the story that keeps on giving they reach. It looks like the uh, Adelaide Now website are just running with a story. I will read some paragraphs from this regarding the Adelaide Crows and the camp. Uh, it says the head of Safe Work SA has denied... Adelaide Football Club was cleared, inverted commas, of wrongdoing over its infamous 2018 pre-season camp with other questions heard in secret. Greens MLC Tammy Frank said the original Safe Work SA statement said there was no evidence the camp had breached the Work Health and Safety Act. However, the subsequent press releases from the Adelaide Football Club and Collective Mind say they had been cleared of wrongdoing. Asked whether he agreed with the statements, Mr Campbell said, those are not my words, I don't use the words cleared. I would love nothing better than for people to quote me directly, but that rarely happens, and when they change my words, they never change them back. So is that semantics, or is there more to be heard, or is that Workplace SA covering their backside? No, if I could have my say on it. It's again, again, the Adelaide Football Club's media department not accurately reporting what is being done by an outside authority. They did this with the famous Kyle Cheney, Daniel Talia moment when that was uh, investigated by the AFL and clearly they've used the wrong words here. No pun there intended, clearly. They've used the wrong <laughs> words in their own press release and, and I take what Mr Campbell says there that I would love nothing better than for people to quote me directly. Clearly he's been wrongly quoted by Adelaide's press release at the time and all the things that came from I it. didn't read that it was inconclusive, though, their report. Uh, well, I'm getting some feedback from people who are covering Parliament and they're saying it's uh, an issue here of, you know, <clears throat> probably it's being described as a technical difference between clearing and not finding any evidence. Mm. Uh, just because you don't find the evidence doesn't mean you've been cleared. That's... That's the issue here. But there's some other interesting points on this that only three players made themselves willing uh, to be interviewed by WorkSafe SA. So it's hardly... I I would understand why WorkSafe would say... Or SafeWork, sorry, SA would say they couldn't work with this simply because they just didn't have enough evidence to work through. Oh, maybe the other uh, 30 didn't have a problem, Roach. All right, or let's maybe move they on. Didn't trust the investigation. Ah, oh, well, it's a government investigation, so they're silly people if they don't stand up. Well, for you what know they how some in. of these people felt. They'd had their trust betrayed already. Let's move in on Roach. Yes. I know you like talking about it. 
you salivate when it comes up. Only because I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. Oh, well, are you? Rather than uh, wash it well, away. Get to the bottom of this one. Yeah. I don't think anyone's washed it away. It's been going on for bloody five years. Mm. Get to the bottom of this one. Now, I like to stay in my lane, Roach. Oh, yes. But even I was up and about when I was watching Adelaide United in the Sydney FC game. I yep. watched that. Well, the A-League's got themselves into the classic problem the AFL did. Remember when we had contact below the knees and we would see players who would initiate the contact get the free kick, didn't we? Yep. Same thing's happened here. We've got an Adelaide United player who has made contact with the ball and cleared the ball, but then his leg continues on and makes contact with the no, Sydney No, it didn't. Pl- no, the Sydney player came over the top of him. I repeat myself again, Kim, because clearly you're not listening to what I just said. Oh, he's up and about. Right. No, but Kim... Don't, I said, the Adelaide player plays the ball. Yes. His foot continues on and makes contact with the Sydney player who runs into him. Correct? No, well, the Sydney player made the contact. <sighs> That's how I saw it, Roach. He, I said, the Adelaide player makes contact with the yes. Sydney player who's run onto him. Yes. That is accurate, okay? No, but it's the Sydney player that made the contact. Oh, I'm going to go around in circles here. The A-League has instructed its referees if they see studs up and contact made that they are to red card. Yes. I can understand the referee making that call. The man who's on the VAR, the video-assisted referee, should have immediately looked at it and said, well, hang on, the Sydney player is the one who initiates the contact here. Yes, the Adelaide player does make contact with his boot. Got no problem with that. If you have a look at who initiates the contact, it is the Sydney player moving onto the Adelaide player's well, There you boot. go. That's what I'm saying. Well, we're agreeing, Kim. We're just going around describing it in a different way. You're coming from that direction. I'm coming from this direction. The VAR referee should have said no red card. Simple as that. Now, why he didn't is now up for the elite referee coaching panel at, at Football Australia to go through this and say, well, the VAR referees made the mistake. But why did he make the mistake? And why is VAR continuing to make these mistakes? Because they came out very strongly at the start of the year saying any stops up and you'll be red carded. That's fine. I, I give the referee a pass on that one because yep. that's the instruction he's given. But the VAR referee look, has to look at it and say, this is just like we've seen in the AFL where we get the player who doesn't initiate the contact is the one mm. who actually gets rewarded. Why are you getting so grumpy? You've been arguing with this with Ben. We're actually agreeing here. We are agreeing. Hey, text has come through. Smile. It's just you were not listening to me, I think. No, I was listening very clearly. You were doing it the wrong way around because it no, was, it was the said. Sydney player who created the contact. Didn't I say that? No, you didn't. Oh, Kim, I'll say it again if I have to. <laughs> Let me read this. Guys, absolutely shocking decision against Adelaide United on the weekend. A red card. Come on, we've seen worse for yellow cards and Soccer Australia better change as soon as possible as many aren't happy. Now, that's from Tim Tam Pauly. Let's go to the incident, Roach, while you calm down and breathe a little bit. Not sure why you're getting grumpy. Um, Here's the incident with uh, Ibasuki. There's a massive tear in those boots. This is going to be a booking for Ibasuki. Oh, it's more than that. It's a straight red. For the Reds, number nine. Is it the right decision? Let's have a look. Oh, I don't think it's a red card. Well, he wasn't the only one. Then Craig Goodwin, I'm not sure if you've heard this, Roach. He mm, was I very, heard him. Yeah, yeah, very diplomatic post-game. I thought he handled this well. And, uh, and Carl Viet as well when they were questioned about the red card. Look, I think, to be honest, with the, with the red card, it makes it really hard for us. 
for those decisions. We have to look at changing the rule because it's week in, week out that we're sitting here going, opposition players are going, oh, that's not a red card. And then we're seeing red cards given. If we get the ball first, we have to know, it's, we've got to look at it because it, I think it's ruining the overall game experience for the fans as well. I'm sure everyone um, that was watching the game will have this, you know, very similar opinion to me. You know, that's something that we don't want in the game. You know, you know, we're, we're trying to attract a lot of new supporters to the game and, um, and I think decisions are like that that might put people off. Which is exactly where the AFL was with contact below the knee. Mm. Now, the A-League's created its problem for itself whereby they've instructed and we've heard Carl Viet from the very first game where the issue was there in the Wellington Phoenix game. That, that was the instruction they were given in the pre-season, that if players were to go with studs up, make contact, they would be red-carded. Now, who played the ball? Ibasuki. Right. Who ran onto him? The Sydney guy, that's what I was saying. Yes, that's what we've both been saying. Mm -hmm. I want to know why the VAR referee doesn't see it as contact initiated by the Sydney player. I agree. Then they showed another example where a Sydney player did something they all agreed was worse, yeah. but he actually won the football and he was not penalised. Yeah. It was interesting, though, to get all the different views. Now, Alex Brosk is a former Sydney uh, FC player and uh, also played for Australia. He was part of Channel 10's coverage. He's part of the SEN mm. team as well. This was his interpretation of the red card. Look, it's for me one of the worst red card decisions I've ever seen. I, I, I don't see that there's any intent there. I think for me, the VAR should have called Daniel Elder there to the sideline to have a look to see if it was as bad as what he originally thought. Yeah, and that's where the problem is. Because the referee would have seen, as we all did first up, oh, we've got a player who is sliding along the ground, has made contact with an opponent below, studs up. My instruction mm. is from headquarters, as we've seen from the very beginning, to issue a red card. Where's the VAR at this point? I agree What's with the you. point of having it if then you don't get a video-assisted referee saying, hey, we've got an issue here. Your call is needing to be reviewed here. Roach, I'm a bit nervous because you're up and about to read this one out. Yeah. All, right. All, right. All right. Stay calm because you know this person loves you. It's from Louis. Hello, Louis. G'day, Louis. He says, Kimbo, Kimbo, no wonder you guys bloody run late all the time. Roach has just spent five minutes explaining something you did in five seconds. Yes, I was trying to go through it bit by bit. I know. Uh, interesting, though, as you know, I enjoy watching all sport. I try and stay in my lane, but I found that so confusing and disappointing. And I think with the interpretation of that rule, you are taking a really one of the very exciting facets of the game out of the game. Yeah, but at the same time, like we argued in the AFL, we understood why the rules brought in. Rach, there's never an injury. They just dive and hold their shin guards. Oh, Kim, we know the element of danger in that. All right. And there is a responsibility to remove that element right. of danger. I'm, I'm nodding off now. Let's go to a break. Right. <laughs> a Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 4.50, appreciate your company and all the texts that are coming through, uh, Rooch. Uh, Louis sent you a little love letter. He says, only winding up, Rooch. You know we hurt the ones we love the most. All You're right. Louis. Beautifully done. Just hugging it out. Um, trying to find another text. I've just lost it. I'll get back to that very shortly because we have our next guest waiting patiently. Oh, he's uh, there. Yes. Got off the plane. Got off the plane. Beauty. 
Very busy man, and he's been pleased enough to talk about, well, found the time to talk to us. T20 World Cup update, thanks to Host Plus. That's a plus. There's a bit to talk about. The Dave Grohl lookalike, Bharat Sundarasan. Hello, oh, Bharat. Oh, what about his gear <laughs> yesterday? Oh. What, who dresses you, Bharat? He's a rock star. Uh, well, uh, I have to give some credit to the wife. Uh, she might be listening, I don't know. Uh, but I think what she does is, I'll, say, I'll put it this way, she does encourage me to be myself. Uh, she, there, but I also do wonder mm. often why she never introduces me to her friends, but maybe I know why. Well, uh, now, so Kim hasn't seen you, so we need to explain this. He was wearing this, can we describe it as a cardigan or a jumper? It was a cardigan. Cardigan, yeah. multicoloured, yeah. levelled with all sorts of colours, and his shorts. Well, you should get on the same his bus route. were more for ba- for the Bahamas than the MCG. Well, it's all right. You've got to live on the edge. I love what it. What shoes got, were you He's wearing, got a personality. Barat? Roach, we've only got eight minutes, all right? Fair <laughs> thing. Ring him up after the show. Apologies, Barat, for that. Hey, let's get into uh, last night's game between Australia and India first, though, before we talk about the dismal performance of the Australians. Uh, mm. Dale Stain said the game was ridiculous. Michael Vaughan and Mark War are saying it is the greatest T20 match in the history of T20 cricket. I think they're both right, and you might have to, uh, you know, multiply that by a few times because Ooh. it was the most extraordinary spectacle I've ever experienced. And I was, uh, you know, in a box with people who have watched, have grown up watching sport at the MCG, AFL finals, World Cup finals, and all that. And they said that was the greatest spectacle uh, they've ever seen. And there are many reasons for it. Uh, you know, just even getting to the ground yesterday, uh, I suddenly felt like I was in Mumbai because the traffic was all mm. haphazard. It didn't look like Melbourne. Uh, and even once I got to the ground, it didn't smell like Melbourne. It didn't feel like Melbourne. It almost felt like the various stadiums uh, around India and Pakistan. Had oh, all but come one big difference, though, Bharat. One big difference. You could actually have Pakistani and Indian fans together at the MCG. That is exactly where I was coming to. And, you know, and that is really what the rivalry between India and Pakistan mm in cricket is because even though you call it a rivalry, it's actually a common ground. That's where these two countries come together and yeah. find that common. They forget about everything else. Yeah. You know, they yeah. forget about border issues. They forget about the wars, all of that. That's the common ground. And it was amazing to see uh, them. And, and, and I was saying this on commentary as well. When, when you hear a cheer at the MCG when India and Pakistan are playing, you can't make out which, team, which you know, part of yeah. the fans yeah. are cheering. They all sound the same. Yeah. So it was just uh, you know, quite the spectacle. Uh, and then, yeah, Virat Kohli just put on a show, produced arguably the greatest T20 innings Australia has ever seen. Yes, unbeaten on 82. Hey, just quickly, 90,000 people there. Um, who had the majority of the support, would you say? You know, historically, when these kind of matches have happened, it's been 70-30 India. But I think the Pakistanis really bucked up. I mean, there was a lot of them. So it was closer to 55-45, I would say. Many, many Pakistani flags all around. Uh, and, and like, you know, in periods of the match, because it was such a topsy-turvy game, every time Pakistan were in front, you could hear their voices. You could hear, see those flags waving. Uh, it was just something. It, 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 it's uh, an experience I think any of us who were there will never forget. We'll carry it to, to our final day. It's just that special. In every great game, there's normally some type of controversy. Uh, the catch that wasn't a catch? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, tricky. And unfortunately for uh, Ashwin, I think he was standing right in front of uh, this massive Pakistani uh-huh. contingent. But again, there was such bonhomie between the fans, between the players. In any other you know, high-octane match, you would have thought that would become a controversy. It did. I mean, uh, he felt that he had gone straight into his hands. Uh, but replay showed it hadn't. And people just moved on from it. What about the free hit? 
Is that a rule that needs to be looked at after what we saw in the final over? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. Because it's slightly ridiculous. And I think Pakistan kind of lost. They, they were anywhere panicking at that stage. Yeah. You know, once they uh, left that left-arm spinner to bowl that last over, and <laughs> it was a gamble that Baba Razam was taking. Yeah. Uh, you saw, and with Hardik and uh, Virat not getting out before then, uh, they just panicked. So they got it down to a good stage. And once that no ball went for six, you could see them. They, You know, their shoulders had kind of slumped. And uh, it was a bizarre scene, though. You know, bowler, clean bowls, a, a, a batter, yes, yeah. albeit of a free hit. He's celebrating. The ball just rolls past uh, Shaheen Afridi at short third man. And then uh, I think presence of mind for Virat Kohli to actually start running uh, him and Dinesh Karthik as well. Uh, and yeah, they take three runs off a, off a, ball, a ball that hit the yeah. thumbs. And, uh, but I'm sure that rule has to be, has to be looked at. Uh, you know, a lot of laws of the game haven't changed since uh, the free hit came into being. But that one, in such a crucial game and such a crucial time, uh, gives us enough content for that to be overlooked. Yeah. All right, there's a big elephant in our studio at the moment. Have New Zealand ended Australia's World Cup defence? Uh, they very well could have, you know. I mean, uh, uh, Gary Stead, their coach, asked his team to land uh, land the first blow. Mm. I think the, the first blow almost seemed like a knockout blow. Like Finn Allen and Devin Conway, what they did in those four overs really left Australia rattled. They never really recovered. They pulled it back a little with the ball, uh, but the batting was shoddy, uh, as Finch would uh, admit himself. Uh, and because of that net run rate, uh, they are in a tricky, tricky situation where, yes, they have to win all four games. Uh, they have other results to go their way, and they need at least a couple of really mm. massive wins. And the fact that they're facing England only on Friday, they face Sri Lanka here in Perth tomorrow, but that England game is Friday. So that is that will decide it, right? If you lose it, you're out. Uh, but again, they can't take Sri Lanka lightly either. So yeah, I mean, their chances have become pretty, or looking very slim at the moment, uh, but they just have to take it one game at a time. But yeah, that blow has landed up really. Uh, it's, it, it is a painful blow to Australia. Were you surprised by the way it unfolded? Uh, I was slightly. Um, I expected, um, you know, the their bowling attack to kind of start pulling things back uh, even yeah. better than they did. Yes, they did. But again, in, in the death overs, uh, you know, there were a lot of runs leaked. Uh, but the batting, uh, look, I mean, there's been so much debate about whether Steve Smith should play or not. We found out the other day why he should. Uh, because if Warner or Finch don't fire, uh, you're left with a bit of sameness to the rest of the batting lineup. Everybody comes and just plays their shots. And as we've seen, as we saw in that game with Devin Conway, and yesterday with the way Virat Kohli and Hardik Pandya batted, you need someone in there, like, you know, a, a glue which will keep everything together. And I think that's where Steve Smith comes in. So, uh, yeah, quite disappointing how, uh, like, toothless their batting looked as well. Uh, and a lot of questions to be answered for Australia. Uh, I understand what you're saying. It's not the view that's shared by Ricky Ponting, though. He thinks Cameron Green would be the answer. Ooh. Oh, I guess. I mean, if if you want, if you are looking at all rounders, just the form he's been in. Mm. If Marsh is not bowling, uh, then then why not Cam Green? And I think Sri Lanka could be a good game for them to experiment with it. Uh, and Ricky Bonding obviously knows what he's saying. Uh, you know, he gets T20 cricket better than most. Uh, but it's, he's not a bad option uh, either uh, to bring in for, I guess, a Mitchell Marsh. Uh, but again, you're putting a lot of uh, you know uh, pressure on a very young kid. 
uh, who's yeah he has taken the T20 world by storm. Uh, but to play that kind of role, like you know, to to play the holding role, which I think will be very important in these conditions going forward. Ah, pressure makes diamonds. We always love chatting to you, Barat. We're enjoying your coverage on SEN. Uh, there's a match underway at the moment: Bangladesh up against the Netherlands. Bangladesh are uh, all out for one or eight for one forty-four. Uh, the Netherlands four for thirty-six. We look forward to chatting to you again, Barat. Thanks for your time today. No worries, guys. Yeah, I'll take at least a couple of days to soak this all in. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, it was big. 90,000 at the G, Pakistan and India. Mm. And but played... Barat knows that yeah. emotional aspect about mm. India and Pakistan and to see two fervent supporter bases able to yeah. enjoy an event in one sporting location is remarkable considering it won't happen on the subcontinent. I don't know. I don't say it flippantly. Why can't we all live in peace and harmony? Vladimir, if you're uh, listening. Hey, some great text. What? He loves the show. Does he? Yeah. I want to ban him. You do? Yeah. Don't, oh. don't think that sort of person should listen to us. Michelangelo Rucci, known oh, as the Oh, that's Rucci, it. I'll be on the list now, that, won't I? Yes, I'll give you his home oh, address. I'll be proud right. to be on that list. No. All right. Yes, let's not get political. Stuff him, though. <laughs> Just after five o'clock, Kimba on the Roots with you on a Monday afternoon. We're live from Studio Lumo SA, all thanks to Hyundai. Why don't you tech drive a Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel all-wheel drive today? Looking forward to chatting to our next guest, Roots. This young lady has a wonderful story to tell, and she was instrumental in the victory against the Cats on Friday night after kicking a miraculous goal. Had a little Gaelic touch about it too, Roots. How did they get themselves out of this one? They keep... Finding a way, the Crows. Because they're a good side. Mm. And uh, in her debut year, Neve Kelly from Ireland via the West Coast Eagles joins us. Neve, thank you for your time. Thanks very much for having me on. Absolute pleasure. We're looking forward to this chat. Let's go back to the start. Where were you born and how did you end up getting to Australia to play Aussie rules? Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually from Ireland in a place called Mayo. Um, and yeah, I played Gaelic football since I was about five or six years old. And yeah, I suppose in 2019, I got the opportunity to come across and, and play AFLW with West Coast Eagles. So um, yeah, I just got recruited from basically playing Gaelic, um, which yeah, I've played all my life. And then yeah, I had three great seasons with West Coast Eagles. And yeah, I came across to Adelaide this season and I've absolutely been loving my time here. Um, yeah, the people are incredible here. And yeah, it's just been learning from some of the best um, in the competition. So, yeah, really enjoying my time here with Adelaide. But, well, we'll yeah, get, not, your, not your typical story. <laughs> we'll get into your, uh, your your form at the moment because you've added a little bit of leg speed and a bit of dash, which is great. Um, but when did you first become aware of Australian rules football? Now, obviously, men have been uh, cross-coding for some time now, going back to the great Irishman yeah. and Jim Steins. But when did you find out about Aussie rules? At what age? Because you're 27 now. Yeah, so usually when um, before the season was brought forward, I used to spend six months of my time out in Australia and then I'd go home for six yeah. months. So I'd go home and I'd play Gaelic football and I'm a, a teacher back at home as well. So oh, yeah. I do some relief teaching. But um, this time around now, I just went home for three months and I'm going to stay out for the full year now because my partner is coming out in two weeks' time and we're going to maybe do a small bit of travelling in the off-season and, yeah, then we'll, um, we'll just stay out in Adelaide and... Um, yeah, we, my sister is in Melbourne as well, so we might go out and visit her for Christmas. So, yeah, it's um, it's been interesting, kind of moving over and back for the last three years. Um, 
because with, with COVID as well, my partner wasn't able to get out to Australia, yeah. but now this year he is. So, yeah, going to move my life out here for a year and see how it goes. And, now, well, um, Nave, you, and then, well you, welcome. You, yeah, you mentioned your, your sister, one of the best names in the business, Grace Kelly. Now, uh, is still playing for St Kilda because <laughs> you play St Kilda this week. Yeah, that's right, actually. Um, so, yeah, we played against him on uh, Saturday. Yep. So my sister's actually injured at the minute, so she won't uh. be playing. Well, I was really looking forward to playing against her and giving her an out hit. <laughs> 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 but um, no, she yeah, she'll be there at the game though. Um, so yeah, it'll be definitely different because we're not used to playing on, on different teams. But um, yeah, no, it'll be good. My mum is actually over from Ireland at the minute as well. So I've heard convinced that she's only allowed to wear a crow's top. Um, so yeah, that'll be that's so, cute. That's so, cute. So, Neve, why, Neve, why didn't you do a package deal that the both of you came to Adelaide? Um, yeah, so we, the two of us played with West Coast Eagles for three years. Yeah. Um, and we both moved club this season. Um, so, yeah, she moved to, to St Kilda and I moved here. So, um, yeah, Jesus, um, we've spent nearly all of our lives together. So we've some breathing space now for a while. Okay, okay. yeah, <laughs> um, fair enough. But, no, it's brilliant. It, it makes every time we do meet up that bit sweeter as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, Neve, in the playing programs, have you found much difference between the West Coast Eagles and the Adelaide Crows, who have been hugely successful? Yeah, um, since being here, um, I just, I suppose it's been absolutely brilliant to be surrounded by such elite athletes. Um, but, like, I've just learned so much of my time here already. So, I suppose the intensity of training is, is huge here. Um, there's so much help from all of the coaches and staff and, and all of the girls as well. So, um, yeah, I love my time at West Coast as well, but um, yeah, I just thought from moving to Adelaide, I could just, I suppose, increase my my knowledge of the game, and um, yeah, I've been absolutely loving it here, and um, yeah, a little bit different. Um, I suppose the intensity would be the biggest difference. The biggest thing. Now, what yeah. about the coach, yeah. uh, Matthew Clark, better known as The Doc? Uh, how are you coping oh. with his dad jokes? He's famous for his dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got some terrible dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he won't mind me saying that, but um, no, he's brilliant. I've absolutely loved um, his coaching style and um, yeah, I learned so much from him already. And yeah, even the first couple of conversations I had with him, I kind of knew that um, yeah, I'd I'd love and thrive in his um, in his coaching. So yeah, I'm loving it, loving him as a coach and yeah, all the coaching staff and and all the girls have been great too. And um, yeah, it's it's been brilliant. I tell you, you've had some ups and downs in your first nine weeks at the club. You did that match-winning tackle where you dislocated your shoulder and the, uh, that saved the game. Uh, and then on the weekend, a beautiful snapshot around the body with a very Gaelic kicking style. It was an absolute beauty. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, ups and downs. That's all part of sport. Um, but yeah, I suppose, I was, yeah, unfortunate to pick up the, the shoulder injury in, in round four, but... Um, yeah, I've been able to manage it. Um, the backroom staff have been brilliant here, the physios and, and S&C. So um, they've micromanaged me to, to be able to get back out there and play, which has been brilliant. So, um, yeah, I was lucky to get on the end of that one. Like CP or Danielle Ponter got a, a brilliant goal at the weekend as well. And, um, yeah, everyone just played their role for the team. And I just kind of mm. happened to be on, on the end of that one. So I'll, uh, interpret, yeah, I'll like, interpret that one because you do speak very quick with your accent. The, the Roach, that was a brilliant goal from Danielle Ponter. Yes. Four bounces. Oh, yes. Four <laughs> bounces. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> Neve, you're yeah, part of a uh, team that won't ever, ever give up on a game and to do it without Chelsea Randall, your inspirational captain is just extraordinary what happened against Geelong. Why is it that there is this spirit among the Crows group that you just don't let a game slip? Yeah, it's unbelievable really. Like there was definitely parts of that game, like it was a great contest and there was 
definitely areas where, you know, Geelong had dominance as well, but we were just yeah. able to hold on. And I suppose the girls just kept their composure um, and, yeah, just kept their heads and um, kind of just was, was kind of played in the present moment, really, which um, ultimately got us over the line. So, yeah, obviously very disappointing not to have Chelsea on the ground there the last day, just not only for her playing ability, but for her leadership that she brings to the team as well. And I suppose, yeah, one of the most pleasing elements of the game really was just to play in a tight contest and to find the composure when it, it wasn't going our way and, and to bring it home in the end. So um, that's something that, that I suppose the Crows are, are really, really good at, um, being able to just grind out a really hard game. And yeah, we got over the line at the end, which was which was very pleasing. The competition, the standard is improving at a rate of knots. It's going 100 miles an hour and it's very tight. You've got one game to go. Uh, you need to beat St Kilda to assure yourself of the double chance in the top four. I'm sure that'll yeah. be impressed upon the playing group tonight. Yeah, definitely. It's it's great that we've uh, an eight-day break before St Kilda. So yeah, we'll have a, a solid week of training on the track before this game, and we'll do we'll do that again next week as well. Um, but yeah, just to ensure that we're prepared for this last game of of the season, and um, yeah, it's just really important that we keep training hard as a group because you know we want to keep improving and and get where we need to be as well because there's always areas of our game that we we can improve on. So. Um, yeah, hopefully this weekend goes well and um, it's actually it's Alicia Jones, it's her um, 50th game at the weekend as well, so we'll get around her for, for this game against St Kilda too so um, yeah, it's it's crazy how quickly the season has gone but yeah, we'll just put our heads down and, and try and get the win against St Kilda Well, I know you've only been here about three months but uh, what's your favourite thing about South Australia? What have you seen or what have you fallen in love with? Oh, that's a tough question Um You've got frog cakes, which I have never heard of before in my oh, life. Balfour's frog Balfour's, cakes. the frog cakes. Oh, well done, Dave. They, they are a sponsor of our show. They've been baking people happy since 1853. <laughs> I just think they're the funniest thing ever, yeah. so. But we'll get you some of those. I'm a brand ambassador for Balfour's, so I'll look after you there, Neve. Oh, Neve. why were you? <laughs> May I ask, as someone from Ireland, do you avoid Irish pubs when you're away from Ireland? Um, I probably I haven't seen many of them here. I've seen two of them here actually in Adelaide, but um, I saw one in Handorf the last day, and um, it was actually lovely to hear an Irish accent away from home. So okay. I feel like yeah, when you when you hear an Irish um, accent, I suppose you feel a little bit at home. But um, yeah, I might have to try one out at the end of the season. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> we could do bad ones. Like that. I <laughs> knew oh, that, hey, that was terrible. Yeah, I should have picked Ooh. a different line. <laughs> Neve, it is a delight to talk to you. Hopefully we'll chat again. We're glad you're enjoying your stay in Adelaide and we wish you all the very best with the family reunion on the weekend and also against St Kilda. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks very much for having me on. Oh, no, thank you, Neve. Cheers to you. There you go. Neve Kelly, what a beauty. And what about her sister's name, Grace, Grace Kelly. Kelly, injured uh, at the moment, mm. but uh, has injected some leg speed into the Adelaide squad, Rooch. Which is always powerful in our game, speed. Yeah. So as we said earlier, the Adelaide Crows sitting in third place at the moment. It's, it's Brisbane, Melbourne, Adelaide, Richmond, and then the remainder of the top eight, which is still up for grabs, Collingwood, North Melbourne, Geelong and Bulldogs. I get the feeling Adelaide will land in third place. Yeah, and then probably play Melbourne in a qualifying final somewhere in Melbourne. Yeah. We're live and interactive. If you want to have your say, 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 um, 0427-154-166. And for the record, Neve's name is spelt 
How would this be for a trivia quiz, Rooch? Her Christian name, Neve, N-I-A-M-H. How that ends up as Neve, I will never know. Well, we'll get you onto the Welsh language eventually. Thank you. See how you go with that. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. 5.19, almost done for another day. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech drive a Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. They are wonderful vehicles. We've got a breakfast for a lot of the dealer principals with Hyundai tomorrow morning, Roach. Yes, bright and early. 8 o'clock start. Will you be okay? Yes, I'll be on Cough's cooking. gone. I'm cooking. Are you? Yes. Really? making eggs and bacon for everyone up in the wonderful. boardroom. Uh, enjoyed that chat with Neve Kelly. Uh, what is it about the Irish? They're just so accommodating and... Yes. Whimsical and enjoyable to listen to. Uh, Matt from Brisbane has sent through a text. He said, I had something similar to a frog cake recently in Ireland. I reckon that's where they originated. Now, Matt, um, I'm involved with Balfour's. And what was it, three years ago, Roach, they brought out the history of Balfour's starting back in 1853. I'm pretty sure they were the creators of the original frog cake. But I'll find the book. But I I can understand... The text message. Yep. Probably something revolving around marzipan and sponge cake. Very yeah. good player. Marzipan. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, okay. Oh, first cough for the day. I don't know yeah. why I said that. Um, yeah. Well, you made a joke. You laughed. That's what brings it on. Yeah, it does. Oh, I've been good all weekend. About time. Um, can the Irish lass explain the holding the ball rule? Because I have no idea. No, Mario no, from Maslin's no, Beach. That, that, good that, on is, you, and that is even more confusing in AFLW than it is in AFL. Do you think? Oh, yeah. I think they've been more consistent with it. That doesn't well, mean they're three correct games with it too often. Mm. Hey, Roach, we've got to look after our good friends at McGain Real Estate. Oh, sold yes. by them again, again. They help, yes. keep, help keep us employed. Yes. Mike Dobbin and the team. Catching up with Dobbo this Saturday, in oh, fact, Roach. Really? Still another... Day where he's doing no work. Is no, it? he'll be Leaving working. It all to Zoe he'll Ball, be working in the morning. Really? And, yeah, he'll be joining us. At How do you define working with Mike Dobbin? Rich, you're very harsh on me. <laughs> um, how many opens did they have on the weekend? Thirty-three. 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 Yes. Thirty-three. How many groups of buyers went through? Four hundred and fifty-five. Wow! Um, how many offers were made on those thirty-three properties? One hundred and seventeen. Gee, it does make it hard if you're in the market to buy one when so many people are still keen, yeah, doesn't but, it? But Mike will look after you. Yeah, well, no question of that. Uh, and about eighteen of them have already sold. Yes. That's why everywhere you go, there's a sign popping up saying "Sold by again, again." So if you're looking at buying or selling, they are a wonderful organisation. They are proudly South Australians. They come from humble beginnings, and they work their backside off to make sure you are looked after. Uh, Roach, oh, I lost it. What? What did you lose now? I had a text, and I'm going to have to paraphrase. I wanted to get to it because you spoke to Brett Ratton. Well, I don't want to give away everything in the discussion. No, I understand understand that. that. But the person wondered whether he'd be a good fit if he'd be in the right frame of mind to go to Essendon as an assistant coach. Yeah, he'd be a good fit anywhere, Kim, but he's got to work through what has happened at St Kilda. And as we know, he he says it completely blindsided him. Mm. You, You need... That famous word, closure, before you move on to the next chapter. I hope he gets to it very quickly. Yep. And, and he's, yeah, he's going to have to work through a fair bit of it because it, 93 days, 
after you've been rehired, told everything is going the way it should be, you're sacked. And, yeah, there's a few questions that probably never get answered, but you've got to work your way you've through You've got it. to find a way of getting closure because if it turns into resentment, that is not a good emotion to have. And, and what about the other one? So Ben Rutten, right now, mm. and he does have a new gig at Richmond, He'd be sitting there looking at this Essendon oh, review update that's yes. been sent out by Dave Barham, the president. Just Guess out. what it confirms, Kim? That Ben Rutten was working with a football department that was understaffed, that the players weren't fit. That's not Ben's fault, surely. No, not Ben. No. So all of a sudden now they've worked out they're going to hire more people in the football department. They're going to get in a new position of general manager of performance and head of development, which will make Brad Scott's job easier. Well... Ben Rutten can walk away from Essendon and say, thank heavens I'm away from such a mob because they let him down completely. Well, how farcical is it? It just highlights, this has just been released now from David Barham. This is the letter from the president for the external review update. So they've only got the external review update now, or they're releasing that information, yet they sacked their coach prior to all the information being no, delivered. No, Kim, there's a heap of reviews that were done at Essendon. The first one, which also included that, American expert who didn't have his report ever sent to the board concluded that the issue wasn't with Ben Rutt, but they sacked him. Mm. Then David Barham comes in under the viper's nest change of Essendon and says, I want an external review that doesn't look at what we're doing internally, but where we don't match with everyone else in the AFL. Now it's come, oh, we're short in our football department. Yeah, How was Ben ever going to work in that environment? Uh, he wasn't. It wasn't handed well. Here's a text. How's Mike Dobbins' pet raccoon going? Does it oh. still like sitting on top of his head? Yeah, oh. that's Dobbo and his little uh, toupee. Oh, dear. Um, Justin Langer would have enjoyed the Kiwi display. <laughs> Caught up with Justin over in Melbourne. All right, that's our show. Uru, everyone. Good night. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.